Greetings, God's beloved. Thanks for tuning in to Messages of Hope, a sermon podcast series from Living Hope Lutheran Church in downtown Las Vegas. Our reading today comes from Ruth, chapter 4, verses 1 through 22. Thanks for listening. God bless you. The Holy Gospel according to Luke, the first chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he's looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely from, all, from, now on, from now on all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is his name. His mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, according to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Grace, peace to you from God, our Creator in heaven, and our risen Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. I was going through some uh, books in my office this week, and uh, I came across this one. This was actually from the library of Herb Hansen. And uh, I know that because there's a sticker on there. He puts stickers on things. And I'm surprised there's no drawings in here. I didn't find any of his drawings. But um, it was really interesting. It's called A Caribbean Mission, A Collection of Letters, from Reverend William G. Arbaugh, who served the church in the Caribbean and spent much of his ministry in Puerto Rico. And the book was edited, though, by his son, William C. Arbaugh, who some of you will know was the first called pastor of this congregation. That's right. And uh, he was here and served Reformation Lutheran Church in 1956 when the building we worship in was constructed. So I thought that was pretty cool. And most of the letters in this book are correspondence about his ministry and meetings that he went to and uh, worked closely with many church organizations and the board of missions and things like that. Um, Probably most people, maybe some pastors would be interested, but um, it's certainly interesting to his family. But um, he took some trips back to his home in Goshen, Indiana and letters to his family. But in one that I found particularly interesting, he uh, congratulated his son and shared his blessing for the mission and ministry that would happen here in the heart of the city. And he writes, your mother and I extend our warmest felicitations to you and your congregation on the occasion of the dedication of the new house of worship. From the plans that I have seen and the information I have received, it is a beautiful and well-designed church building, meeting the congregation's needs splendidly, splendidly until growth in membership and attendance will require the construction of a large permanent church that is planned for the future. Mm, Pretty cool. And, uh, you know, things were a bit different back then in this town in those early days as the church in Las Vegas was forming. And some might have found it odd that people would come to settle in this unique little desert town. But by 1956, the population was growing. And this weekend, over 350,000 tourists are expected to spend Labor Day weekend here. You know, like that popular refrain, started from the bottom, now we hear. Workers for the hotels and the casinos, test site, more people began to come to Las Vegas. They showed up from across the nation, and after coming west to find a new life, 
some Lutherans decided to step out on faith and form a church. Arbaugh continues, he says, a film titled The Las Vegas Story, 1952, Jane Russell, Vincent Price, Victor Mature, sounds good, has been making the rounds, oh, it was produced by Howard Hughes, but is making the rounds, but he says, I do not intend to see it. I do not intend to see it. For me, the Las Vegas story is a story of my son and his life and work in that city. It has an exciting plot replete with a villain and a hard struggle, but with obstacles overcome at last and a new day clearly dawning as you dedicate to the glory of God this fine first unit for the new church plant. I thought that was really cool. As we head toward 74 years of ministry next month in this place, a transition to what's next, we give thanks for God's grace and look forward to amazing things that the Spirit is going to continue here. And we know it's not always easy to see the next step, and I know there's some anxiety about that. But Ruth's story has been, for so many, a great example of how God steps in and how God's love and loyalty sustain us and can even bring new life from emptiness. We remember that when Ruth came to Bethlehem and she had no assurance of help. Oh, there's some folks building the building here. I can go through my slides. And we didn't, she didn't have any assurance of help. She clung, cleaved to her mother-in-law, Naomi, and said, where you go, I will go. And your people will be my people. She had no one to provide for her, though, realistically. She couldn't know what to expect. She was able to find food and gleaning in the fields behind the workers there. And Boaz saw her, invited her to glean even from among the standing sheaves, to pick from the good stuff, the good stalks of grain. And she visited him in the night at the threshing floor and was bold to ask him to marry her and take her permanently under his protection. And we finished last week hearing that Boaz knew there was another relative who had the chance to take ownership of the land and to have Ruth as his wife. So today we hear the rest of the story. Today we hear that the man, who doesn't have a name, he's actually called so-and-so in Hebrew, he has no name, but he passes on this inheritance, this right of inheritance, and Boaz becomes the family redeemer. By marrying Ruth, he keeps the legacy and the name of the family connected to the land. Ruth is restored. And with the birth of their child, Naomi becomes no longer barren or bitter, but made whole. And Boaz shows this loyalty that mirrors that of Ruth. And both demonstrate this love of God for all who hear this story. It doesn't say that, but we hear it in the story. We don't hear how God acts exactly, but we see it through the actions of the characters. And we hear it through the the story in their lives. But remember how the story began with death and famine and tragedy. And today we hear it ending with deliverance and family. This becomes the tale of a new beginning for the people and the power of God to bring newness from struggle. But that's our story too, isn't it? That's our story. Because think of all the times that we have struggled, found ourselves wondering why God has not restored us to where we think 
we ought to be or where we want to be or we thought we would be. Or think of the times when we question why God would cause our neighbors and the people we love to struggle while we were so comfortable and safe. I think back to the times as a church when we've struggled uh, just financially, for one example. And we wondered how we would ever make it through, how we would be able to cover expenses or take on needed repairs or find people to carry out the ministry. And there were times when many of you and I Jan will remember, Audra will remember, that we sat and we prayed together. We prayed that God would provide for us, that God would restore us to make a way for us to continue to move forward. And there have been times in our own lives when we felt barren, like nothing good was over the horizon. Well, every action movie, every sports film, every superhero story follows this example. We know this one? Yeah. Yeah, yeah Rudy. <laughs> Noted as one of the worst sports movies ever by some critics. I don't agree. You know, this guy? Woo! Huh? Yeah, you got you to take a few punches before he comes back, right? And then there's this guy. That's Captain America, folks. <laughs> I was watching Days of Thunder this week. It's a great film. Don't let anybody knock it. It's Top Gun in a race car. Same thing. <laughs> The hero, he starts from humble beginnings, right? He has to scrape to their, their way to the top. Every movie this has the same plot. they got to scrape their way to the top, compete against the favored team. They're the underdog or, or fight the powerful villain. And they get knocked down a few times. And, and we don't know how it's all going to turn out. We start to get worried for the hero. And just when all hope is lost, they find the power they had in them all along. Right? You've seen this a hundred times. And they find the strength to overcome. And the hero's victory is won. And Ruth's story is a little bit like that. Only it's not her strength that wins the day. Yes, Ruth and Naomi put their trust in the Lord. And Ruth demonstrates this love and loyalty of God. They work together to build each other up. They hold on to each other tightly to provide for each other the best they can. And they are restored, though, through God's love and loyalty. God, who never abandoned them, even in their most desperate times, made a way, even in their loss and grief, brought them together and into a community that would wrap their arms around them and care for them. Boaz is the one who acts as redeemer for the family. He shows up and he makes the deal public by gathering the people together as was the tradition, and sealing the deal with the passing of a sandal. Here, take my shoe. Now you know it's it's a deal. That's how they did things. But this ending could not have been anticipated four chapters ago. It's a reminder how God always has more in store that we often cannot even imagine. And all these blessings that are not only for us, but for the whole world. And if I think back to June, May 2014, I came to visit. It was Mother's Day weekend. Pastor Matt was preaching. And I came in, just kind of peeking my head around, checking this place out. And of course, I had been in all these great big churches and served in big churches and and in seminary. And I came into this place and I thought, hmm, this is cozy. Um, And then then it wasn't long after that that I was here and and the, the feeling was, Oh, this is home. 
and the people here wrapped their arms around me. And I knew that God would do amazing things here. So I had that on my mind this week as I was talking with a, a longtime friend of our senior meal program sitting out on the, on the steps outside. And he was telling me he's not been on the street, but in them streets, he's been suffering. He's been put out of living situations. He's been sent away and had nowhere to go. And he's not looking for excuses, but he's looking for God to make a way. He's looking to see how God is still at work in the suffering that he sees all around. And not just his, but that of other people. And we talked about perspective and and how some of us can get pessimistic and doubt and and think only about the pain we face and, and miss out on the good things. But he says, no, it's getting better. It's improving out here. I said, it's hard for me to see that sometimes. I see things just just getting worse and worse sometimes out here in the streets. But he told me, and I had a hard time seeing it, but I know he's right. Because in the long run, God is still working, still showing up, still restoring this whole world. And maybe we're too close to it or too beaten up or, or worried about our own stuff, too busy to notice it, too selfish at times to get on board with it. But God's still here. God's still working. And the word is still moving in us. And the spirit is still guiding us and still doing new things that we cannot even yet imagine. Still singing through us. Mm. Because God has always been here. Working in us and through us to take care of each other. To wrap our arms around each other in this community. And God has already restored us and redeemed us and made us new and freed us and made us whole in Jesus. And Jesus has done it all for us. All those things that we couldn't do for ourselves and given us everything that is his. Grace and love and abundant life here and now. And God made a promise long before this story. God made a promise to Abram and Abram believed it. Mary sings about it. As impossible as it might have sounded then and as impossible as it might have sounded to Mary too, God was loyal and God's love showed up and the promise came true. The family line would be passed down through the generations. David would be Israel's greatest king. His father was Jesse, Obed, his grandfather, that child of Ruth and Boaz. And the family of Jesus could be traced all the way back to the beginning because of the inclusion of Ruth, this Moabite woman who had seen so much tragedy. She was an outsider who faced death and famine and found herself at the center of the family line that ran all the way down through Mary, mother of God, and beyond even all the way down to us. We are connected. We are blessed because of our Lord Jesus. And God works in surprising ways. Amen? Amen. When we think of God working, even when things are hopeless, we know new life is possible. And the future for all of us is open because of God's steadfast love and loyalty shown to us in Jesus Christ, our Redeemer, He gives us his own body and blood. He calls us through the word. He fills us with the spirit. He shows up for us always with mercy and grace. 
And because of him, we have been given a family, a future, and more. We are restored, made new every day. That doesn't stop with us either, right? This promise is for the whole world, for people in here and people out there in them streets. Mercy from generation to generation, the powerful thrown down, the empty filled with good things. And a world that was barren will be made fruitful and abundant. Promises for the whole world to be restored through God's loving kindness. And we get to be a part of that love and loyalty. We get to share this good news as we show up for our neighbors all the time, especially next Sunday, but all the time. And at times even to be ones who restore others through God's word and the power of the Holy Spirit in each one of us. Amen. Amen.